Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have the queen of all time, Mrs. World, Shaylin Ford. She has kindly taken time out of her day to come and talk to us, even though being a former ruler of the world keeps her very, very busy. So Shaylin, thank you for coming and talking to us. It's yeah, I, I love the description. <laughs> ruler of the world. Oh my lord. I can't even like rule my own house. I can't hold it together. So no, I'm I'm not the ruler of anything. How are you guys doing? We are so happy to have you. You know, and we know, I don't know that the listeners know, but this has probably been like a year and a half of in the making of trying to get you on this podcast. Oh my like, Lord. You were a little bit busy for the past few, um, several months being Mrs. World, then giving up your title. You've been in transition, doing all kinds of things, traveling so much, being in the midst of kind of life transitions with becoming um, the new media star that you are with your family and your husband and doing all the things. So we are so happy that you're here and being able to share some of your wisdom with us and with the listeners. Well, I am just so thrilled. We finally made it happen. Sorry. It took me, you know, 10 years to get here, but we're here. (laughs) Okay. So first off, if our listeners don't know, which I don't know how they wouldn't, but if they don't, will you tell everybody who you are and a little bit about you? So my name is Shaylin and I am a former Mrs. Ohio and then Mrs. American and then Mrs. World, um, 21, 22. It's a little bit confusing there for people because of COVID. Um, it was supposed to be the 21 season, but it didn't happen until 22. So that's, I know a lot of people have been confused. Like, wait a second, you were 21, but you one in 22, like your whole reign was January to December of 22. So that's why it was COVID. Um, COVID left nothing untouched, right? For all of us. Um, I am a wife to Greg Ford. My husband and I started a church uh, gosh, like 12 years ago now. Um, and uh, it's just been incredibly like such a cool journey. We started with just the two of us and our daughter. So it's church of three. Um, and now we are running, uh, I, gosh, I, I want to say this past Easter, we just had like 7,000 people through the doors, um, probably more like five on a consistent basis. Um, and then so many people that are part of our online church, which is to me the most exciting part because it's not just a local community, but a global community, because that's just kind of how life works these days, right? Like we're all so interconnected. The three of us, I, I love you too. And I talk to you, we, we all live, you know, so far apart from each other. So distance isn't an issue when it comes to having community anymore. So that's been a really cool piece. Um, I have three kids. Um, my daughter, Ella is 14 and she's like the coolest person I know. She's awesome. Um, my boys are 11 and eight and they are both on the autism spectrum. So that definitely keeps our hands full. Um, if there are any autism mamas out there and you, you know, just need a little support, I, I got you. <laughs> I could send you resources or just tell you like, you're okay. You've got this. You'll survive. Um, yeah. So we got a lot going on. Uh, you mentioned like we kind of were transitioning, uh, a couple of weeks after I gave up my title as Mrs. World, my husband's TV show launched on TVN. So it was just like handing the baton to him. Like, here's our next season. This is your thing. Um, so yeah, it has been a little bit, um, busy and wild, but it's been really good. We won't have to pretend that we don't know each other. We are on our (laughs) team world chat (laughs) almost every day about something going on. And we, I mean, I still can't even tell you how proud I am of you and how proud I am to call you a friend. And just honestly, if I, if anyone could know something about Shaylin, it would be how great of a friend you are and how gracious and amazing you are. 
And it's, I swear, anytime someone needs something from you, it's never convenient. It's always when it would be the easiest time to tell somebody, no, I can't do this for you right now, but you still go out of your way to try to do it. And I think that it's just, God's got a special seat in heaven for you. That is for sure. Shaylin. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure why you're trying to make me cry at the so- top of the podcast. I'm, I'm like very emotional the last 24 hours and easily set up, but, uh, I, I appreciate it. I love you guys. You, I mean, the rest of the world hasn't heard this. I've told the two of you so many times, like you're my sanity. I love you. I would have probably jumped off a bridge by now without you. So thank you wow. for talk, talk about amazing friends. That's, that's the biggest gift for anyone listening that if you've never done anything with pageantry, this is the best part is when you open yourself up to friendships like this, because you guys are just everything to me. Like I'm, I'm so thankful that I have you in my life. It's just such a massive gift. I think that really leads right into kind of what we wanted to talk about today, which is the mindset of pageantry and going into it sort of with that right mindset. You have been very open about that with your Mrs. American and Mrs. World journey is the mindset that you went into it with and how it was different and what set you up for success. And that being open to being a friend and being open to the relationships that you were able to make along the way. And how, no matter what the outcome was, you were prepared for it because you didn't enter going in expecting to win or assuming you were going to win. Will you talk a little Mm. bit about that? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think, first of all, what you said about being set up for success, one of the biggest issues that I think we see in pageantry is that we define success only as the crown. Well, if you do that, then your chances of having success are so low because, you know, for example, if you're at a national pageant, you have a one in 50 chance of having success. I think that's a pretty ridiculous position for us to put ourselves in. Um, Why would you ever go into anything where you have such a low uh, chance of having success, right? That's just ridiculous. Go into it with multiple definitions of what success is for you. Um, you know, my husband and I were talking about it at one point and we kind of compared it to the Olympics, right? Like if you go to the Olympics, you may not win a medal, but you still could have had your own personal record that you set that time. Did that person not succeed? Of course they did. You know, it, it was your personal best. That was amazing. And so finding and defining what is your success going to be? Maybe, you know, I've seen for some women, I remember the first year that I competed, um, in the America system, when I competed at, uh, at Mrs. Ohio in 2014, we had a grandmother that was competing that had lost a hundred pounds and no part of her cared about, um, about trying to win the crown. Like that was not it for her. You know, it was, I'm getting up on this stage in a swimsuit, something I've not felt comfortable doing in decades, you know, and she wasn't even trying to get the swimsuit award. She was just like, I'm going to get up here. Her family and friends were out there just screaming for her. She was setting an example of pursuing health for her kids, for her grandkids. You want to talk about who was the biggest winner that night? She was absolutely the biggest winner of the night. And she walked away feeling that way. Um, For me, the first pageant that I ever competed in when I was a kid, I got last place in interview. (laughs) I had overall like highest scores in every other area, but didn't win because I was last, dead last in interview. So this last time that I competed, when I competed for uh, Ohio American, um, and I won the interview award, I was like, oh my gosh, like that was the coolest part with interview. Cause I'm like, what a journey. I went from being the worst at it to I've hit my own personal best and it was recognized in a special way. Right. So all that to say, It could be anything, Um, you know, uh, here's another one for me, like at nationals, um, I won the costume award and it was super special to win the award. But quite frankly, even if I hadn't, um, number one, it was, even if I hadn't won the crown, the, (laughs) the costume award was like a huge deal to me. And number two, it was special. And even if I hadn't won, it still would have been amazing because it was a concept 
that I worked on with my family. Like everybody played a little part in it. My dad built my phone booth. My sister was part of the costume. Greg helped me ideate the whole thing. So it felt like this group thing that we got to do together. And then hearing the audience laugh when you walk out on stage, like knowing you brought joy to people, it was so fun. So my whole point is just define success for yourself in other ways. Um, because if it's just the crown, number one, your chances of fulfilling that are lower. And number two, quite frankly, I find that to be the most shallow goal that you could have out of everything. Like, of course, everyone wants it, right? But that's not the measure of success because it's, it doesn't represent anything if you didn't have some personal pieces behind it. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Sorry. I got all kinds of spicy takes today. I won't call them hot takes because I think on the surface, most people would probably agree with them, but spicy maybe because like, uh, it might be a little hot on your palate when you first try to take it in. No, I completely agree. You competed at Ohio American one and then went on to win American and then won world. Like you had done pageants before and didn't make it all the way Mm -hmm. to winning the highest level. So, I mean, you know, from experience, it's not like you just only know what it's like to win. Yeah. And I will tell you, this is what I think is really critical. And, and I say this, I hope people hear my heart. I don't say this from a place of judgment. I really say it from a place of let pageantry be what it's meant to be in your life, like such a, a growth mechanism and something really exciting to be part of in a cool journey. Because um, for me, even the times that I did not win or maybe didn't place where I wanted to or whatever, I never one time walked away not feeling like a million bucks, not once in my life, because I had other goals for myself. And I knew that I came away at my personal best or that I had given whatever I could and I could see where I needed to grow and I could try again. And it was exciting, excuse me, to have that challenge of seeing like, where can I get better next time? Like, this is honing me. This is making me a better person. This is growing some of my skills. And if you look at loss through, you know, reframe it and don't call it loss. But if you look at not getting the crown as it still took me steps towards something else that I want, or I learned something along the way, or I gained relationships along the way, then it never is a loss, you know? And it makes me so sad when I see women walk away or girls walk away from a pageant experience, just devastated. And I get disappointed, totally get disappointed, right? Like we all wanted the same thing and you didn't get it. And you may have put your heart and soul into preparation. That's hard. So I'm not like trying to discount anybody's experience there. Um, But if you're devastated because you fully expected to win and just didn't think there was any chance that you wouldn't, um, or if you're angry that you didn't win or, or, you know, those are the types of things that I go, shoot, you just missed out on the best things that it had to offer you, you know? So that that's where it's coming from. Is it, it's like, I don't want to see anybody miss out on what it can do for your life. And quite frankly, you talk about the example that you set for the rest of the world. We talk about it all the time in pageantry. Like this is a platform. This is a megaphone. This is, you know, putting you in the public eye in a certain way. It is. And so what kind of example are you setting to the people that are watching you? If you're throwing a fit, (laughs) you know, um, blaming others, you know, things like that, uh, getting, uh, arrogant, you know, all of those kinds of things. It's like, dang it. You know, this, this is something to take seriously. Even if you don't have the crown, you still have a platform and people are watching and you're, you're furthering some of the stigmas about pageantry that we've all tried to dispel, you know? I think one thing that I have noticed from being on the other side, right? Not competing, but just being someone who is watching and coaching and being on the other side is that um, it's always okay to feel your feelings. It's okay to have that disappointment. It's okay to be hurt and be sad. And that is okay. But 
it is not okay to not show up for the final walk. It's not okay to not show up for the after party. If there is one where you congratulate the winner because you're mad, it wasn't you. It is okay to have that feeling of disappointment. That's okay. And I feel that that is completely normal, but you, you can't be mad at another girl because she was chosen. That's not okay. So I feel it's really important that we have this discussion really openly that just because someone else won doesn't mean we hate her. It means right. this is her time <laughs> and, that. and we are excited for it. We should be excited for her because all the other girls on the stage wanted it to be them and we all wanted it. So we should mm-hmm. be excited for her that she was chosen and support her in her time and come on stage when it is her time for, when it is that time for crowning the people who do not come on stage or do the final walks or gown walks or whatever it's noticed and it, it this is. is a small world in pageantry and we notice that and people remember that and it doesn't reflect well on on you when you're that person who is standing on the stage with a really pouty look on your face or you're not clapping for the winner or whatever that is it is it is not her fault she won and we should be excited yes. well <laughs> said well said i and i couldn't agree with that more you know i i think people need to take a moment and consider before you ever sign up for any pageant, consider, am I at a place in my own personal journey? And this is a maturity thing. And and listen, if you're not there, that's okay. But don't sign up if you're not there. It's a maturity thing. I'm going to picture someone else winning in my head right now, not just myself. I'm going to picture someone else winning. How am I, am I able to cope with that? If I'm not, I should not be signing up because the golden rule applies across the board. You would want others to be clapping, to be celebrating, to be participating if you won. So you need to do the same thing for them. And, you know, even if someone, you're not particularly a huge fan of them, right? Like you don't have to spend the rest of your life being best friends, but you can choose to be classy and mature in that moment and be the bigger person. You don't need to be on the sidelines, like being effusive, jumping up and down, if that's not, you know, how you really feel, but you can stand there with a polite smile and a golf clap and you won't die. Um, But I think what you said about, you know, the final walk, those kinds of things, I mean, if nothing else for your family and friends and the people who are here for you, let them enjoy those final moments of watching you shine and you go enjoy those final moments of watching of of shining, you know, of having like pride in the entire process that led up to this and what you've accomplished. Soak that in. It's not a failure. Take that final walk with pride and go, man, like, look at everything I did to get where I am to be walking across the stage in this moment. That's incredible. Um, can I, can I go right into another one since <laughs> you got me rolling when you brought up coaching? So here's another one for me that I, this is just mama Shaylin hat on. Sorry. I, I got to go into it. If you just want a cheerleader, if you want someone to just tell you that everything you do is right and perfect and never critique, don't hire a coach. Because a coach is not a cheerleader. A coach is a coach. Cheerleaders stand on the sideline and just rah-rah no matter how the game is going. A coach will help you improve your play so that you can get where you want to be. I have seen this very frequently, and I'm not sure why. I feel like I've been seeing it more um, recently where women are hiring a coach And then anytime the coach tries to give them any constructive feedback, and I have to say the coaches I know are wonderful people. They're not in there being nasty and hard on people and rude. They're trying to help, right? That's what you're paying them for. And so these these coaches are giving constructive criticism and, and trying to help their clients and their clients are snapping back at them and saying, well, no, I, I know that this is right. I know that this is perfect. Um, I didn't do anything wrong. I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to hear any negativity from you. I just, okay, well then don't hire a coach. Um, Cause the coach isn't being negative. They're just trying to guide you 
cheerleaders are free. Your friends and family will do it for free. Don't spend the money if that's all you want. If you hire a coach, let them do their job and listen to them and to be and be open because they're a fresh set of eyes that sees you um, not through rose-colored glasses, right? They see you very accurately. They may see blind spots that you don't see. And they're there for you to help you achieve the most that you can possibly achieve. So um, that's one that I just find really disappointing, you know, and again, I think is just a maturity point. And I I hope people don't hear that and and feel um, like I'm being unkind because I don't mean it like that. I'm not saying like, you're so immature. I'm just saying maturity is a journey and it takes us a long time to get to different points. And it's okay, wherever you are in your journey, just be honest about it. And if you know that you can't, you're in a place where you can't hear constructive criticism right now, don't waste their time. Don't waste your money. Don't get a coach. Um, And the other thing that I see sometimes is that they try to make their coach their scapegoat. So if I don't win, if I don't get what I want, it's all my coach's fault. No, honey, you competed. You're the one that walked across the stage. You know, you're the one that was in the interview. You may or may not have taken your coach's advice, but they are not somehow the sole reason that you didn't get the crown. There are probably lots of pieces in play. And my guess is nine times out of 10, if you go back and, you know, even if you can't get feedback from the judges, if you go get feedback from your coach and you're open to it, they'll be able to help you point out where you could grow for next time. So your coach is not a cheerleader. Your coach is not a scapegoat. They're just a coach. And I often say, I can't guarantee you're going to win this pageant. That's not what I'm here for. I'm just here to help you be your best. I'm pretty upfront about that in the beginning when girls ask me often, do you think I can win? Or do you think I have a chance? And I'm like, well, I I can't tell you that. I'm not, I'm not going to be a judge. But I can tell you is I will help you be your best. That is what I'm here for. I will help you develop yourself to be your best in this, in these skills. But that's all I can do. It's not up to me to say if you're going to win or not. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the judges. I don't know how you're going to perform on that day. But if I will help you, if you take my advice to get to the better versions of these skills that we are working on. And that's all I can do. I mean, I remember when you were at nationals and at world, me texting you like feedback during both prelims and finals, right? During what was happening. And you were like, thank you. Yes. Taking it going. Like you were asking me about like interview outfits, the day of Mrs. World interview, like, should I change? I'm like, no, do not change this outfit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, because that's like normal, how it goes. Like you were having a second doubt about it. And you were like, should I change it? Should I not? I was like, no, this worked for you. Stick with it. It's authentic to who you are. And I'm so glad you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too, about Shaylin, we were, it was, um, in between prelims and finals of Mrs. American. And so Shaylin, remember we were sitting and we were eating and she's like, okay, so like, did you notice anything that I can work on? I'm like, Shaylin, no, like it is like (laughs) incredible watching you right now. And she was like picking like, no, Kristen, there's gotta be something like she wanted something from like, you wanted you're like some, something that you knew you could work on for finals. Yeah. I I think that that is this, this sounds like I'm going, Oh, I'm so healthy. Listen, I have so many (laughs) hangups. It's fine. But I do think that that in particular is a healthy mindset for people to have right in general. It's not criticism. If you're going in and asking for feedback, you're, you're allowing someone to tell you things that they've seen that help, can help you get better. They're giving you a gift. They're yes. not trying to hurt you. And I think that's such an important reframe. People are not trying to hurt your feelings. No. You know, they're they just want trying to, to help you succeed. Yes. And so they're trying to be that external set of eyeballs for you that sees the blind spots that you don't see. And what a gift. Don't reject the gift. You know, I, I was so lucky to have awesome friends to bounce things off of like you guys, you know. Which by the way, a side note, I'm also not saying you have to take every single piece of advice that is given to you because if something is really true to you, you need to stick to it. 
For example, my nationals gown, nobody liked it when they saw it in pictures. Nobody. You guys were polite, but you were honest. My sister was like, I hate it. You know, the, my directors were like, not a fan. Um, but I knew for me that it was very, very true to my personality, very much who I was. And that this was my, I knew this was my one shot. Like I was never going to try to compete in a pageant again. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go in so completely authentically me. Now here's the caveat with that. If you are going to pick a hill to die on, you've got to be willing to die on it. Because what if I had picked that gown and the judges hated it too? And it cost me. I have to be willing to go. It was worth it to me. It was worth it to me to wear something that I felt really good in. Now, granted, once we got to nationals, you know, my sister was like, I changed my mind. I love it. You know, you guys were everybody. It was different in person than it was in pictures. But regardless, I had to be willing to stick to that, right? Like I had a backup just in case I changed my mind. But I got there and I was like, nope, my gut is still telling me this is it. I have to be willing to take the lumps if it doesn't work out, right? And not make somebody else a scapegoat. So be open to the advice from other people because sometimes they're going to see things you don't see. But if you're really, really confident on a, on a point of something and you're like, I don't want to take this item out of my bio or you know, I really want to wear this certain thing, or I want to do my hair this certain way. And it's a conviction you really, really have because it feels authentic and true to you. Keep it, but be willing to pay the price if it doesn't work out. That's okay. Because sometimes it won't be both. Sometimes you'll choose the gown and everyone else will hate it. And it will cost you. Was it worth it to you? You got to decide in advance. So that's my take on that. I will say in person, and once you had it on you, it did look a lot different than the photos we had seen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was huh. wild when you like were showing us. And yeah, because I think I was there when your sister was there. And yeah. you, I, you come out and her and I both were just did this thing where we were just kind of like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. well, yeah. and then, yeah, it was like, I think this is the one. Yes. And you can tell like if someone is wearing something that fits them versus the gown wearing them. You know what I mean? Like that to me felt like very, very me. It just felt like an external um, representation of my personality. And it wasn't for everybody. Then that's okay. Heck, same with my world gown. I had a single detached sleeve. Like that's not for everybody. That's okay. You know, but um, like, I'm not, I'm not saying I expect everybody to like my choices, but I felt really good in it. And that's what matters. You, you have to wear the thing that you feel really, really good in and then just let the chips fall where they, where, you know, where they may. That's, I think that's critical. Okay. One thing I do want to talk about, and I'm sure you have maybe have another spicy take or two, but I don't want to lose you before we talk about this. (laughs) I want to talk about how you don't have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love you. <laughs> because that is something you have really um, done this entire journey, whether it was state, nationals, or world, you really did not spend an astronomical amount of money for any of these, in- including like your state pageant. I would say you probably spent less than a thousand dollars, maybe even less than 500 total. And can you talk about like how you can do that and still be the state, national and world winner? Absolutely. I love that you brought that up because I think you hear this narrative of like pageantry is such an expensive sport. And I mean, yeah, it can be, you know, to a degree, no matter what, you're going to have some things you have to spend money on. You're going to have some entry fees. You're going to need to get headshots, you know, things like that but it does not have to be astronomical. You don't have to spend 20 grand on a gown. Heck, I've seen people spend more. I'm like, oh my Lord, by the time you add up your whole budget, it's a car. And listen, if you have that kind of money to spend and that's of value to you to spend it there, go for it. I'm not judging that. That's okay. What I think is not okay is when people think that's the only way to win. That like my family can't afford to do that, but I have to go into debt you know, to try to get where I want to go. You don't. 
you don't. I actually, I talked to Elaine Marmel, who is the director of Mrs. America and Mrs. World Programs. And she said that her favorite gown of all time on a Mrs. World winner was a $10 dress from a garage sale. Yes. This woman wore a simple white slip dress with this like major statement necklace piece. I'll have to go back and find photos for you. And it was, it was so clean and simple and it just let the necklace be like the stunner point. And she goes, Elaine, I bought that at a garage sale a couple of months ago for 10 bucks. Like you can win Mrs. World in a $10 dress. You know, now I recommend a little more of a budget than 10 bucks, but you know, the point being my, uh, I never spent more than a thousand dollars for a dress ever, ever, ever in my whole pageant career and usually far less. Um, I bought a lot of stuff resale. I um, borrowed things, especially for what you wear during the week, right? Swap with some of your friends. There's so many resale sites and great resale stores like Autumn's Closet. Um, you know, like I said, trade with other people. Um, buy, there's, there's websites that have great dresses that are 500 bucks and less, you know, that are still a wonderful thing to do. Um, my state dress I bought, I believe on Poshmark. Um, I can't remember exactly what I spent, but I want to say it was like a couple hundred bucks. That was it. Um, my nationals and world dresses were custom made, but it was through a friendship that I had. And so again, like didn't spend over a thousand dollars on either one of those dresses. Um, girl, where's she in where fashion Nova, like wear those kinds of things during the day for your, um, I'll give away one of my secret spots here. Akira, it's like my absolute pageant favorite. It's the most wild mix of like, um, you know, diamond encrusted pasties and like mesh tops and then great pageant clothes. It's a very bizarre take of a store, but um, you know, you can go get an awesome pageant wardrobe that doesn't break the bank. I, I love that you brought that up because it breaks my heart when I see women getting to this point where they stressed so much, you know, if you have five grand that you want to spend on hair and makeup for the week, great, go for it, spoil yourself and feel special. If you don't have that, and that's going to be a hardship on you or your family, just pay for a makeup lesson from someone and learn how to do it yourself for the week. Right. Or, um, you know, same thing with headshots. Like you can make deals where you trade things with people. There's so many other options, get sponsorships, but please don't ever put yourself in a position or think that you have to put yourself in that position to have a shot at a title. It's not a competition of who spent the most money. I promise you. I was, I was looking for someone last minute and I got a quote for, I think it was 5,000. And initially in my mind, I kind of had thought to myself, I think three, like that's kind of where mm -hmm. I felt comfortable with it was yeah. like three and around. So I'd called you and I was like, I don't know, Shaylin, like, what do you think? Like, you think that's worth it? Should I just go ahead and do it? And you were like, honest, because I did do a makeup lesson. Um, mm -hmm. and actually I had done it with you, but this was, I mean, back <laughs> when you did that, <laughs> like yeah. when you, you would do stuff like that. So it was, I had done it even before the state pageant and you were like, you know what, honestly, what you're going to do and what someone for $5,000 is going to do isn't a big enough difference in my opinion. Like you were just giving me right. your opinion on it. Yeah. And that kind of was like, okay, yeah. Like if it's not a $5,000 difference then I probably shouldn't spend my money there. No, no, that's, that's such a good piece of advice, Kristen. Like if you've tried and tried to do your own and you're like, listen, it's just not my skill set, outsource it. That's cool. Like budget for that to be your big expense. If that's, you know, if you're trying to stick to a certain budget, rearrange where you spend your money a little bit. Um, but yeah, so, such a good point. If it's not a huge, like difference, big gap, it may not be worth the money for you to do that. And that's okay. And it's a um, really good option as well to just do competition days. See if a um, makeup artist offers just a package of interview stage days. And maybe yes, that's because a lot of them do. Yep. Take a lesson and do your own during the week and then have just competition days where you book that that can yes. be an option to cut costs if you're on a, a more limited budget or you don't think that that's really where you want to spend your money. I know a lot of girls and clients that do that and they look amazing. Yep. That's such a good point. You guys, I love that. 
you have more options than you think you do at first blush, dig a little bit deeper. You'll, you'll find what works for you. hundred percent. But that's Can also I... where a good coach comes in because yes. you may not know that kind of stuff, yep. but if you say to your coach, Hey, like I, my, I have a shoestring budget for wardrobe right now. Um, our Chris Jenner, Rebecca Wheeler over here is like, Oh girl, I got you. <laughs> I, yes, I can find you deals. Absolutely. Coaches are for so much more than just interview and walking. Coaches are going to help you with so many things. They're going to help you find a wardrobe that fits you great. They're going to help you find those resources that you didn't know existed. They're going to connect you to the right professionals that are going to help you out during pageant week. Like they're therapists during pageant week. <laughs> Yeah, a, a good coach is worth their weight in gold. And for sure, I mean, shout out to Rebecca. Like she's worth her weight in gold. She's she's an awesome coach. Um, yeah, find find someone you connect with. And I would say if you're gonna spend your money somewhere, spend money on great coaching because they'll help you fit your budget in all the other ways. But again, don't hire a coach if you're not gonna use them. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're going to use them, they're an amazing resource and worth every last penny. Yeah. So my one last thing that I think is just super important and that has just kind of been like heavy on my heart that I've seen is when women come into the competition and just assume that they're going to win and they don't look at any other woman around them as being competitive. So for example, like I've seen people after the pageant that are just so shocked they didn't win. Like it never occurred to them that it was even possible that they wouldn't win. And so they're shocked and angry and hurt. And, you know, of course now they're, they have things to say about this other woman. And I, it really bothers me because what you're doing when you say those things is really disrespecting your fellow contestants. You're saying, I don't think you're good enough to even hold a candle to me. What a, what a very self-absorbed position to take, right? Um, that, that bothers me because it's like our whole ethos around pageantry is about lifting each other up and, you know, the tide raises all ships and we're all trying to get better and we're all trying to grow. So for you to walk in to this atmosphere with the idea that no one else can like touch your jock strap, you know, like is really disheartening to me because it is such a disrespect to the women around you. Um, and so I, I hope that we can start shutting that down. It doesn't matter how hard you've worked. They've also worked hard. It doesn't matter that you're at your personal best. They're probably also at their personal best. Um, and it doesn't make one person more or less when one person edged out someone else for the crown that day. You could have a bunch of you been neck and neck, right? Um, and you all brought something unique and amazing to the table. And so for you to kind of denigrate what other women bring to the table that way, um, it is true disrespect. And it, it really disheartens me in a big way. Um, you can come in at your absolute best and have had a flawless performance and everything about your wardrobe was perfect and it's the best interview of your life and you could still not walk away with the crown. You need to know that going in. Also, I will say if you go into a pageant and you really do feel like in all honesty, nobody else here could compete with me, could come close, like I'm the surefire winner, you're in the wrong pageant. Don't do it. That's like Miss Universe going and, you know, competing at the popcorn festival. Don't do it. You're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong circle. You've grown past that. There's nothing wrong with the popcorn festival. It's great, but it's not where you belong at this point in your journey. So if that's where you are, girlfriend, level up to where you've got competition. You know, you should be looking around the room going, whoo, this room is packed with some powerful women. I'm really honored to be in this space and be considered for the possibility of winning this role. You know, a boxer can, <laughs> this was my husband's analogy. He's like, if a boxer goes and fights a six-year-old and pummels them, like, what did you prove? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, good for you. You knocked out a six-year-old, you know? It's like, if you're in a room and everybody else, this is their first time competing or, you know, they don't have some of the coaching you've had or whatever, or for whatever reason, you feel like you're past them, go to a different room. 
you've shown you're at a different place, but you should never be in a space where you are with peers, people who, and by peers, I don't mean someone is less or more than somebody else. I'm not saying some people are less right. valuable, less beautiful, whatever. I'm saying a point in your journey of growth. If, if you walk into a room where you feel like it is pretty equal in that regard, but you still feel like I just, I should walk out of this with a win period. There's no other option than me standing there with the crowning moment at the end of this. You shouldn't be there. Right. You should. I, I can tell you, I've, I've never walked into a room and not appreciated the women that were with me in a pageant. Like that to me is the coolest part of pageantry period, state, national, world level, all of it. Everybody there has something incredibly beautiful to offer. They have amazing stories. If you sit down and listen to these other women, your mind will be blown of what they've overcome and how they've got to where they are. You know, that like, it should be inspiring you to be around your fellow contestants and you just feel such honor to be there as part of that group to then turn around and be like, she won, you know, dang it, man. No, she's awesome too. You're great, but so is she. So that's, that's probably my final, like biggest soapbox. I, I can't, I can't take it. And I, I hope that we can put an end to that just because you didn't walk away with the crown doesn't make you a loser. It doesn't make her inherently better than you. It means that that's what those judges were looking for at that time. Her personal best was the kind of personal best they were looking for. It doesn't mean you weren't your personal best and that it wasn't great. So many little small things come into play. Take pride in the fact that you were in the room, part of the conversation, gracing that stage. Hold your head high and be so proud and then be proud of her too. Mm -hmm. And you go, we were in this together and we both brought it. Um, I don't okay, have the chance to listen to our episode with Danny Walker, but she was talking about how she got to compete with her good friend and she worded it like this with my yes. Sarah Rose Summers. And I was yep. so excited to be on stage when I got to watch her be crowned. Yes, and when she I said it that. like that, just the way she phrased it, she, that was just the most beautiful way of phrasing it is I was so excited to watch her get crowned from that perspective on stage. What a beautiful yep. way to think about it is I yep. got to watch my friend win from the best seat in the house right there. on Yes. Stage. Yes. And you know what? Wins are in all kinds of different parts of life too. Like I think another great example, I love both of these women so much. Um, so Taylor Hale was Miss Michigan USA a couple of years ago. Um, and she was there when her Kentucky sister, you know, they're part of the same organization that runs both states and she was there when her sister Kentucky sister won and won Miss USA and then got to go to Miss Universe and she could have been standing there going well you know there's a lot of things we have in common why'd they pick her and not me whatever nope if you go watch the tape she is jumping up and down you know in heels losing her mind crying with excitement for her and you know what is awesome a few months later Taylor Hale got chosen to be on Big Brother on CBS, and she was the first Black woman to ever win Big Brother. And her life has taken an incredible trajectory as well. So this idea that it's like, there's only one winner. No, no, your win might just be somewhere else. This yeah. one's for her and a different one's for you. And if you both keep your attitudes right, and you just regard each other and, and support each other and lift each other up the way that Taylor and Elle did, and just like, yes, that's my sister. Go get it, you know? And like Danny and Sarah Rose, if you treat it like that, then it opens the doors for the good things that are in line for you six months from now that you don't know are coming yet. Stop thinking so narrowly about what constitutes a win and, and stop looking at your sisters as just competition that are less than you, you know? I love that. This is terrible, but when you were talking about like Greg being like a boxer going against a six-year-old or like <laughs> you looking down on someone, all I could think about was Greg against muscles, the snake and his <laughs> shovel and that you need to tell Greg 
and it's not i had to step in it's not part of the interview yet or like it's not part of the interview but Shaylin was just telling us before um, that there's this snake that is in their backyard, but Shaylin's become its protector because she's like, no, like the snakes are good for like the, um, I don't know, I guess like the ecosystem because they eat eat all the things. Do you want the mice in the house or do you want mussels to eat them? (laughs) And so we decided to call it mussels, but Greg doesn't like mussels and he wants to kill mussels with a shovel. But you know what? I think Greg needs to remember that he's the boxer and muscles is a six-year-old and That's it's not right. that impressive right. to go after him. <laughs> no, th- the good news is m- muscles and Greg are on good terms now because, okay. you know, Greg appreciates that we had like chipmunks that got in and ate through some wiring at one point. It was really expensive. And I was like, listen, muscles can handle that. Like <laughs> just let him do his thing. So now he realizes muscles saves him money in there. They're cool. <laughs> they're live and let live. As long as they don't touch each other, they're fine. <laughs> well, we have a Chris's question and then we will let you go. And we Deal. really appreciate you coming on. So let's hear it. Rebecca, what's your question for the week? I know you're in the process and I'm not sure where the process is of writing a book with your husband, but if you were to write a book just individually by yourself about your own life, what would the title be and why? about my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think title would probably be beautiful chaos. <laughs> I wouldn't change what I have in my life, the good, the bad, the hard. Um, but it, it is definitely not, uh, orderly. <laughs> it doesn't follow the path that I would have maybe chosen for myself originally, but it, I don't want to change it. Um, I I mentioned at the top of the show that both of my sons have autism. Um, My middle son in particular is going through a really tough season in his life. And I kind of describe it to people who are maybe not familiar. Like it's kind of like having eternal two-year-olds in a lot of ways, you know? So it's like, I still sleep with a baby monitor um, because I don't want them to get up and like leave the house. It's like having a two-year-old that's big enough. They're in an 11 year old body. So they can actually do more damage, right? So they don't have any more of a safety concept than a two-year-old, but they can do way more things. Um, So that's a type of chaos, but also getting a glimpse into how their minds work when you you are able to break through and have these moments of of clarity and and deep conversation are, are so precious. Like, I think it makes you value all the I love yous and the little breakthroughs so much more. Um, every milestone is massive to you, you know, because it's like you waited and worked so long for it. Um, I think the church plant is kind of a similar thing, right? It's like, none of this goes how you plan it. It's so ridiculous and wild, but it is beautiful chaos. Um, so that's probably what I'd call it. And as far as Greg and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I can already picture what the cover image will be. It's going to be like you in your Mrs. World crown and sash, like working on your pool or something like (laughs) doing some construction because every time I talk to you, that's what you're doing. You're doing some kind of construction thing. You're fixing your sub sub pump or something in your pool, like like some physical labor, but you're like the most glamorous (laughs) person in the world. So it's so funny. I, I it's love literally like beautiful actually, chaos. <laughs> I'm the person that goes to like goes to Home Depot with like lashes and full glam, but like dirty paint covered clothes. They're like, I don't know what to make of you. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as uh, as far as Greg and I, we actually have taken a lot of what we worked on with the book and we're packaging it. I think we're going to just do like vis- uh, video training packages instead. Um, for both relationships and for businesses, we're, we're working that out because we realized, you know, the, the book process has kind of been a weird long one for us much longer than we expected. And it, it may still happen. Um, but for us, like we feel much more confident as presenters and like how we offer those things together and facilitating conversation. So I think we're kind of just reworking the direction that's going to take, um, this is totally random when you were talking about like the book cover and and picturing something, a moment that I had, and you guys are going to crack up because you know me and you know what I love. So I'm going to bring it up. Uh, But a moment that represents like beautiful chaos like that for me um, 
I did this shark dive. See, you guys knew I was going to take it there. Yeah. I did this shark dive and there are like a dozen bull sharks underwater feeding. It's, it is chaos. They're everywhere. Like you can't keep, you know, keep your eyes on where everything is. Um, it had started raining. And so you're under the water and like the, the rain is pinging. Seeing rain from underwater is like the most beautiful thing. It looks like diamonds hitting the water. Like it was so gorgeous, just this surrounding of nature, but yet utter chaos, but there was something so peaceful and perfect. And like, I don't want to change anything about this. And I kind of feel like that's representative of my life. I'm like, yeah, it does feel like it does a dozen feeding bull sharks at all times in my day-to-day life, but also I wouldn't change it. Right. Because it is beautiful chaos. So yeah, I think that's probably the most accurate that, and yeah, like fixing a pool pump in heels that those are the two most accurate. Well, Shaylin, thank you so much for coming on. We have to have you on because I thought of like 10 more questions that I wanted to ask, but it would be a really, really long episode. So we'll have to have you back on. Extended cut. Yeah, we'll do. It won't take uh, a year and a half next time. I promise. Tell everybody (laughs) where they can find you. Um, so on Instagram is at Shaylin S Ford. Don't forget the S in the middle. Um, at, uh, just Shaylin Ford on Facebook. Um, I'm actually getting ready to launch my own podcast. So if you want to go follow, have you ever thought about podcast? Um, that's got like three followers right now because nothing has happened. (laughs) Um, but I just did my first interview, uh, this week. So you guys have been an awesome resource to me. Thank you. You can follow my husband and our church's journey as well at one.church. All right. Well, we will be sure to be linking all of the places to follow you whenever we launch this. Don't worry. I love you guys so much. Thanks for being patient with me. Sorry. I made it take so long. We love you too. And you can follow us at pageant buzz pod on Instagram. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. Follow us on Instagram at pageant buzz pod for all things pageant buzz.